Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of It's Brewing at McEwen, a USF baseball podcast. I'm your host, Mark Giardino, and today I'll be joined by both my co-hosts, Matthew Giardino and John Kaplan. Today's episode features the three of us giving our reactions to the prior week, the second week of the season, which featured five games. The Bulls split a midweek series with the Gators and then went to FAU and won one out of three games in Boca Raton. So we kind of break down our reaction in terms of how the hitters are looking, how the pitchers are looking, and then kind of looking forwards to the upcoming week ahead, which features a road trip to Florida State in Tallahassee and also features a home series versus Northeastern, who's actually having a pretty good season. They're number 62 in the RPI with a 5-1 and record. So without further ado, let's get into the show. If you think about the week as a whole, you know, coming into the week, um, you know, we didn't really know that much. Uh, we're one and two, um, you know, after the Maryland series, you know, had five games uh, on the schedule and they were all tough, you know, playing against number seven ranked Gators, going to FAU, you know, going into that week, you know, you really would have loved to, you know, win multiple games. And we and we did win two games. We, we went two and three on the week as a whole. But I think one big takeaway from the week, as a whole, though, is the fact that every single game was extremely competitive. The initial loss to the Gators went down to the ninth inning. Then you beat them the second night. Then you beat FAU on Friday. And then on Saturday, you lose a heartbreaker in extra innings. And then Sunday, um, you know, you you lose uh, eight to six. So another close game. Um, so I feel like as a whole, it was actually a pretty solid week in terms of competitive competitiveness and what different guys were able to do. You know, we learned a lot about the pitching staff and we, we you know, one of the big questions going into the week, if you think about our last podcast was like, you know, what are the roles for some of these pitchers? And another thing that we had observed the opening weekend was how so many different lineups were used in that first weekend and we were hoping to see, you know, more consistency in the lineups of just people having, you know, having the first stringers, second stringers, third stringers, and so on. And I think that's something that we really saw during this week, too, was we saw, um, you know, clearly defined starters. And, you know, that was good to see. And I think we also learned a bit about the pitchers to kind of better understand where they might fit the rest of the season from a, from a position player standpoint, I mean, your, your lineup on, um, you know, if you think about opening day, if you go position by position, yeah, Daniel Cantu at first base and you know, that feels solid. Like it's going to stick. He had two hits in each of the three games at FAU. Um, his OPS for the week was 971. He hit two home runs and something that, Interesting to point out there with the Cantu is, you know, he only struck out four times in 26 plate appearances, putting his strikeout rate at 15%, well below the team average right now of 27%. So he's really um, kind of leading the way of the approach that you want to take at the plate in regards to contact, but still getting good results and extra base hits too. Uh, John Montez as your opening day second baseman um and and he's kind of emerging as as someone that I feel like can stick there 
Um, he's really played really well lately. Um, in his past five games, he's uh, he's batting 375 in that period with an 882 OPS. And I think another uh, thing that I could say about John Montez is, you know, his defense is look is really good. I mean, he has incredible range at second base. He's making not only the routine plays, but he's also making these plays that you wouldn't even expect to be made. So he's he's really playing at a high level, making a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out a lot. I think he's really solidifying his role as a sec everyday second baseman. You now, Matt, maybe talk about shortstop and third base and how that's been progressing. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, going into the season, I, I think we talked about it in our preseason podcast, how we were kind of considering Stan Luthner and uh, Eric Snow for the shortstop position. But, you know, lo and behold, the uh, the kind of guy that was on our team last season, um, you know, uh, Bobby Bozer, he's, he's the one that's really stepped up and played incredible defense and his bat has really come alive. You know, his approach at the plate this year is so much different than last year. And I think one thing that was kind of a detriment to, you know, his freshman season was kind of, uh, you know, putting a lot of pressure on himself. And I think he put a lot of focus on, on hitting home runs, but this year, you know, especially in this FAU series, we saw him go the opposite way and um, really try to cut down his swing a little bit and just get the base hits, which, you know, are, are very important in creating rallies. And, you know, the home runs will come. Obviously, we saw that in opening weekend, opening day. Um, he he's obviously has the ability to hit the ball a very long way. Um, but overall, I, I think every aspect of his game has improved. Um, and I, I think that that's going to be a, a solid way to uh, go forward in the shortstop position. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, third base, uh, Travis Sankovich is holding that down. I mean, he got off to a really uh, hot start in the beginning of opening weekend. He kind of cooled off the last five games from a hitting standpoint, but he's still playing a tremendous defense. He's always making the routine play, but he's also similar to John Montez, a second, he's always making those exceptional plays as well, um, which has really resulted in the defense for this team uh, being a really strong suit. Um, you know, I think we have one of the highest fielding percentages in the AAC right now, I think like around 980. Um, so it's way higher than last year. And you could just see it. You don't even have to look at the stats. You could just look at the plays that the defense is making. It's it's a high, it's being done at a high level. And that's really, for me right now, is the the strength of, of this team is the defense. And, um, you know, the hitting's not too far behind, and, and the pitching has the potential to, to get there as well. But, um, you know, that's kind of the, how the infield is rounded out. Um, you know, we kind of talked about Nelson Rivera a little bit earlier. If I feel like he's settling in as your everyday catcher, he's got a 300 um, batting average on the young season. And in the past week, he really hit well. He batted 375. Um, had a really solid week. So I think he's kind of our, our infield is really looking like it's set. And that's really good to see. In the outfield, you have three everyday players. Uh, you have Marcus Burdell, Jackson Mayo, and Drew Brutcher. Um, to me, it feels like those three guys are always going to be in the lineup every day. Um, similar to how the infield has been solidified. A fixture in the outfield that you can always bank on is, is Drew Brutcher. Uh, you know, of course, third year with the program. Um, the past week was, was pretty decent for him. He actually 
in the opening weekend against Maryland, he actually had a pretty slow start, but he started to pick it up a little bit in the past week by about a 280 in the last five games. He's picking up the pace there, um, kind of getting more towards what you're used to seeing out of him. Um, the strikeouts were a little bit high for him, um, but I feel like, you know, he can make a jump. He's so talented that I'm sure he's well aware of that and going to make the necessary adjustments to just clean that up. And when he does, you know, watch out because Drew Drew's always got the ability to be one of the best hitters in the country. Um, you know, and then you look at the rest of the outfield, you know, one person who who really, really uh, had a breakout week uh, for the season. Um, and, and it was not he's not a new name Bulls fans at all. But Jackson Mayo, I mean, can't say enough about what he did this past week. Um, he was really incredible. He he had three home runs in the in the last four games. He hit 375 for the week. Um, he had a 1,382 OPS for the week, which is off the charts. Um, he he really cut down on strikeouts too. He only struck out four times in 18 plate appearances. And Marcus Brodell um, is starting to pick it up a little bit after a slow opening weekend. So you could kind of um, see some progress for him as well. But, you know, we have some other guys that played played some roles. Um, Eric Snow played a little bit, got his first collegiate hit. Uh, he ripped a double into the gap in left center field. Um, ben Rosenblum had a start against FAU, um, had a, a nice RBI hit and some good at-bats, drawing a walk. Um, you know, Matt Rose um, played a little bit during the week, still looking for his first collegiate hit, the freshman. And um, Pablo Ruiz um, actually had a fair share of plate appearances during the week, 14 plate appearances. Um, you know, the, the numbers look worse than it actually is. I mean, he's actually putting the ball in play. Um, he just hasn't really been able to find any gaps yet. But, you know, if he sticks with it, he'll uh, he'll find those gaps. Um, so that's kind of like my take on the, the position players and the defense. And, um, you know, I kind of want to kick it back to John. We learned a lot more about the pitchers um, these last five games. And, um, you know, John, what do you think uh, is the is shaping up in the pitching staff? Like who's kind of um, showing that, you know, they've really made some improvements or maybe they're freshmen that are, are doing well or, or maybe some players from last year that maybe haven't done their best quite yet. But, you know, that's still something they could do down the road. To start, I would say for with freshmen, um, I would say Justin Jackson. Um, he's gone five and two thirds, I think, thus far this season. He ended up being the opener against UF, um, you know, and <clears throat> it was a it was a mystery who was going to be started that game, and we knew it was going to be a bullpen game with just with, just with how things had had kind of opened with the weekend prior, um, and. Uh, he came out and I mean, his first two innings, I believe were scoreless. And then he ended up running into a little bit of trouble in the third. Um, but I mean, the kid, we were talking to Cantu earlier this season and he mentioned the freshmen not acting like freshmen, you know, they're coming in and they're being more mature. They're going right after these hitters. And we're really starting to kind of see that take shape, you know, with multiple freshmen. And I mean, I could touch on all of them, but, um, we don't have that kind of time, but uh, for freshmen, I would, I would definitely say Justin Jackson. Um, and as far as like what's shaping up from, you know, broad spectrum, Hunter Mink is, he is killing it right now. And I'm, I'm 
a hundred percent bought in on Hunter right now. He's uh, just needs to keep putting on. Um, also, uh, another name I want to bring up is uh, Jack Siebert. Um, preseason, I said he was my dark horse for the rotation. Um, I would say thus far, you know, he's had my had my bright had my back on that projection. Um, he, he's given up three earned and five and two thirds. He's just building on what he's he the foundation he built his freshman year. He's just, he's continuing to build on that, continuing to progress. And I'm really excited to see how like his ceiling and what his potential is in our rotation, because I definitely think that's where he belongs and where he'll be for the rest of the season. You know, um, as of right now, what we know is we've got Hunter Mink, we've got Hootie. And in my opinion, I think uh, Siebert right now has definitely solidified himself as the third starter. But okay, so I heard y'all say something about a bounce back game for for Tanner Mink. For Tanner Mink, while while in fact that may have been true, like I've had zero concern about him whatsoever. Um, I think he's leaving the ball up a little bit uh, when he's struggled, but when he's been on, you know, like dude, his slider has been biting. You know, um, he's maintaining good velo. He's around 91, 92 consistently controlling three pitches, keeping batters off balance. He's just got to limit walks and um, limit mistakes, and, and you're going to get the same production out of him. He's still probably probably my most dependable right-handed arm coming out of the bullpen other than maybe Jackson at this point. I also think that um, Chandler Dorsey, we said something about like him potentially you know, being considered for a closer role. Um just watching him work, his pace, his velo, um, his slider is really disgusting. Um, you know, he's got a big frame. I really just – I really think that, you know, moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see if he can etch himself out as as our closer because I really think that we need that, you know. Um, we need a closer bad to come in and just shut the door. So, um, overall, um, like – Lawson Gale has been really impressive in spots. Like um, everybody on our, I, everybody on the roster has had spots where they've shined, you know. So um, I'm sounding zero alarms, like I said earlier. And um, Cup is more than half full in my book for the pitching staff and for the team as a whole. Um, I'm really excited to see what this team's going to put together this season. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll kind of echo kind of your sentiments on the pitching, and I'll kind of shout out some names I think kind of deserve to be um, highlighted as well. I mean, Riley Skeen, uh, the JUCO transfer, two appearances this past week. We had a little bit of a rough outing with the Gators, but um, as a whole, um, you know, he's still uh, having a really good season. He's pitched four and two-thirds innings. He's only allowed two earned runs, and he's got the second lowest batting average allowed of any pitcher on the pitching staff. He's 200 batting average against because he's given up three hits and 15 at-bats, which is second lowest on the team. Um, so he 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 looks really good uh, as a as a short relief guy that you could use multiple times per week. A picture that I wanted to, to kind of shout out to is uh, Austin Newton. Um, you know, the first time that he entered a game was that weekend against uh, Maryland. And, you know, he kind of struggled. He walked his first two batters, and he was out of the game. But ever since then, he's made two appearances – and in each of those appearances, he uh, has been great. He's pitched one inning in each of those appearances. He hasn't given up any runs. Um, he's struck out a person each time. 
um, without any walks. I mean, he has been amazing in those uh, two outings ever since his uh, debut. So he's a guy that I think is going to continually um, build uh, a pretty nice uh, role out of the bullpen for the Bulls. Um, and uh, Parker C.A. is a guy that we were curious about um, coming into the to the week because he didn't pitch opening weekend. Uh, his debut came against uh, the Gators in Gainesville, where he kind of struggled, um, but he bounced back pretty strong uh, against uh, FAU, um, where he pitched an inning and didn't give up any runs. So, you know, um, maybe he got his first game jitters out, and I think he's going to settle in and be pretty solid for us uh, in the pitching rotation as well. Um, one other thing on pitching is uh, I'm still <laughs> – I still want to see uh, the debuts of Corbin Little and Josh Cohn. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of waiting for that. And even Mason Manriquez, who I think um, is is working out, but maybe not game ready yet, just on injury rehab stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, those three guys are on the roster and, um, you know, looking kind of, kind of looking forward to seeing them as well. Um, but with that, um, let's get into um, some fan questions from Lauren. Uh, in which she asked, uh, what is the one thing that the team can improve on going up against the number three team on Wednesday, which is Florida State? Um, John, what's your take on that? Um, no, I like the question. Um, it's a very easy answer for me. Um, limit walks and cut down on our strikeouts. And I think if you can do those two things, from a defensive standpoint, we're playing beyond well enough to compete or uh, steal a win from FSU. Offensively, in in spurts, we've performed at the same ability, you know, up to par of what you need to, um, you know. It's on the road against FSU too, isn't it? Yeah. So to, that's a hostile environment. Like, we were there for <laughs> – I wasn't there personally, but like I know that the the guys went there. Um, it was a pretty crazy environment, just for like a, a fall scrimmage, you know. Like fan, fans just like getting getting rowdy for for a scrimmage, you know. Well, now you're coming off of uh, you know um, a road series from from FSU where they went to um, Fort Worth and stole two out of three from a very good, I think, number eight ranked TCU team. And um, yeah, I think one thing you mentioned, John, is uh, just kind of cutting cutting down on the, the strikeouts from a hitting standpoint. We kind of talked about this in the first podcast or after opening weekend, but it's kind of a trend that has kind of continued. Um, team strikeout rate right now is twenty seven percent for the past week, and then for the whole season, um, also twenty seven percent. So it's kind of been. Um, above where you'd want that to be. As a reference point, you could look at East Carolina, who's always been a good model of success within the conference. This season, their hitters are only striking out 18% of the time. And more emphasis on on, on putting the ball in play um, is gonna really eliminate uh, some of those situations where we had left runners on base. A lot of the times we were leaving runners on base um, in some of these really close games that we that we ended up losing. Uh, a lot of the the left on base situations occurred because of because of strikeouts. So just kind of kind of cleaning that up a little bit, um, putting more balls in play, putting more pressure on opposing defenses. You know, and something we've learned in college baseball is, you know, nobody in college baseball is a is a major leaguer yet. 
So, I mean, force these guys to make plays, force the shortstop to make that throw across the diamond, force third baseman to make that pick and throw, you know, um, they're going to make, they're going to make, they're going to make mistakes, but they can only make those mistakes. If you, if you make them make the play. Um, So, you know, a 27% strikeout rate um, is not something that, you know, we want to have for the season going forward. Um, Definitely something we need to cut down on and, and I, you know, I've, I'm sure that the everyone's aware of that, and and it's being worked on. You know, um, but um, yeah, I think FSU is going to be an exciting, exciting game. Um, you know, they're they're at number three in the RPI. Um, it's a great opportunity. You know, road wins count even more for RPI, so it's just a really big opportunity. And you know, I feel like our guys will be be ready for it. Um, another question we had. This one's from Jimmy. Um, when might we see Josh Cohn? Um, yeah, Josh Cohn's a freshman uh, pitcher um, from Bradenton, and um, he hasn't made his debut quite yet. Um, but when I did see him pitch in the fall, he was very impressive. Um, left-handed pitcher, throws in the high 80s, but kind of can mix it up with his pitches. Um, I'm looking forward to his debut, it's just like I'm looking forward to the debuts of uh, freshman Corbin Little and uh, JUCO transfer Mason Manriquez. Um, And then our final fan question is uh, from Joe. Uh, What is the status of Raphael Betancourt? Um, Why has he not played? Um, Raphael Betancourt's a really talented freshman uh, from the central Florida, East East Coast of Florida area, I think Deltona. Um, He's a switch hitter a high school shortstop, but could project to play really anywhere at college. Um, you know, it's just, it's a very, very, uh, we have a lot of players on the roster, you know, seniority plays a factor, um, positional need plays a factor. So I don't think it's a knock on Rafi at all that we haven't seen him yet. It's just a deep team. We have a lot of, uh, transfers from D1 programs that are a bit older than him. Um, you know, I think the key with the Rafi right now is just patience um, he's a big talent, and uh, I think we'll see his debut uh, soon enough. Any closing thoughts uh, from either John or Matt? Really, for me, it's just, um, you know, continued progressions, just continuing to battle. You know, uh, we haven't been out of any of these games yet, and um, we're fighting our asses off. And I just want to keep us keep seeing us do that, you know, create a culture of, you know, take no days off. Given given eleven out of ten every single day, um, you know we'll start to see the result. The the the, the hits will start to fall. You know, um, we'll start to get the W's and everything else. Everything else will work itself out. We just have to keep playing the ball the right way, and I think we're doing that. Yeah, and Matt, um, I want to ask you. You know, you watched almost every game this year and been at many of them. Um, what has impressed you the most about the Bulls um, so far? as we are now uh, eight games into the season. I think for me, it's a combination of a couple of things. I, I think in terms of tangibles, I, I think obviously the fielding has improved greatly, um, you know, from last season. And, uh, you know, I, I think another thing too is I think that this team, this current roster has kind of, as you guys have alluded to, they have a lot of fight in them. Um, you know, they, they never seem like they're out of a game, even if we go down early four runs. 
they're always clawing back and stringing together good hits, good at bats, um, and, and you know, pr- productive at bats, and uh, you know, timely home runs as well. And you know, there's a lot of great opportunities ahead, especially playing against the number three ranked team on the road. And then, uh, you know, don't sleep on Northeastern either. They're uh, number 62 in the RPI right now, which I think is qualifying them as a quadrant two or a quadrant three um, team, which is also a a really good opportunity to continue to move up in that RPI ranking. And, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, the outcomes are going to be uh, hopefully good and, and, you know, maybe lead to an at-large bid and, I think this team is more than capable of uh, accomplishing that. Yeah, and I'll give one closing thought too. I mean, I posted earlier today that despite the fact that we started three and five, um, our RPI is number 49, which basically if the season, of course it'd be kind of dumb to say this, but if the season ended today, you know, that puts you on the bubble of the NCAA tournament um, to get picked for the NCAA tournament. You really want to finish inside the top 40, ideally. Um, you know, and, and the fact that we're already kind of up there this early in the year is is nice. Um, you know, and that's because of the the difficult schedule that we've had. I mean, every single team we've played so far has been top 35 in the RPI, which is uh, puts us as one of the most difficult schedules in the country. And, you know, now you're going to go play number three on the RPI, uh, Florida State. And like you said, Northeastern is coming in. They're top. They're in the top 60 something. So uh, it's a lot of good opportunities to build your NCAA tournament resume um, so that when the selection committee, you know, makes their, their picks in, in, um, in late May, you know, that, that we're considered there. And um, the thing is, uh, it's sometimes it's all right to drop a game or two to teams that might be ranked ahead of you at the time. But, you know, when you start playing these teams that are kind of lower in the hundreds or anything, you know, you really got to put your foot down and, and kind of just dominate, you know, but um if we could steal that game on the road on Wednesday night uh, at Florida State, that would that would really go a long way for the goals that this team has um, in terms of postseason play. But, you know, it's really one game at a time, one pitch at a time. And um, I feel like I feel like the mentality of our team this year uh, is going to continue to give them opportunities to win big games because kind of like you mentioned, Matt, they, they have shown resiliency. Um, they've shown the ability to bounce back. I mean, the fact that you can go up in Gainesville and score five runs in the ninth inning. And then the fact that, you know, on Saturday against FAU, you fall down four zero and then you come back in the next frame and score four runs again. And then even on Sunday, I mean, Sunday wasn't talked about enough, but that was actually a pretty good game too. I mean, we fell behind, four zero in that game and ended up taking a five to four lead. I mean, this team is, is resilient. And um, that's a character trait that I'm seeing out of this year's team that I can't say I saw as much out of last year's team. So I'm pretty excited about this group and I just want them to have a, a good week this week. Cause it's a lot of good opportunities uh, with that. Uh, I feel like we kind of covered everything we wanted to. Um, so I appreciate everybody listening. Um, Thank you, John. Thank you, Matt. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Go Bulls.